Hello and welcome to the BSG Podcast. I am your host, Chase, and with me to talk about some juicy news this week is Quinn. How are you doing today, Quinn? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Just kidding. If you want to know... If you don't know who we are and want to know more, we're an informative bi-weekly podcast focused on gaming news and discussions. On Mondays, we go over the news for the week covering everything gaming without the BS. And on Wednesdays, we pick a juicy topic or game to review and give our half-informed opinions on them. Do you hear those sirens, Quinn? That's how yeah, important... that's our special bonus round. <laughs> that's how important this news part is because, red alert, Quinn will be gone next week on vacation to Singapore. <laughs> okay well you don't kind of tell him where i'm gonna be but i appreciate it i'll be gone chase will be on his own uh i'll be i'll be holding prayers. the fort here yeah pray to your gods chase, <laughs> that chase, chase can do this on his own uh yeah. yeah i think i you did a couple once by yourself and you'll figure it out I'll, you'll do we'll well you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i think you'll it'll be fun but guys if you want to uh get a hold of us go on to twitter and send us a message at bs gamers podcast share your opinions but quinn Way more important than all of that bullshit. What can they do for us? Well, if you want to be a member of the BS Gamers Club, we'd appreciate it if you left us a review on whichever podcast platform you choose to listen to us on. But I hear some of you thinking, hmm, I'm going to leave a not so great review. But before you do that, how dare you? Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Let's put out some fires first. Why don't you express your thoughts <laughs> some California and your critiques fires. to us? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> express your thoughts and critiques to us on Twitter at BS Gamers Podcast. Tell us what we can improve on. And then what can they do, Chase? Then they can put down their five ass great star review. Maybe even six. Five if you're ass. From... <laughs> maybe they can what even is a put five a... ass. Maybe they can put the legendary six star review if they're from Dubai. We'll never know. Um, all right, Quinn, are you ready to get into the news? I'm ready. All right, here are the following released games this week on Xbox One. We have Owl's Awakening and Tanky Tanks. On PS4, we have Reborn, A Samurai Awakens. We have Audica. We have Light Fairy Tale, Light Fairy Tale Episode One, Mecha Nika, and Death Stranding. Arguably the most important game to come out this week. Probably, yeah. Uh, coming out on Switch, we have Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, Incredible Mandy, Juicy Realm, Grisaya Trilogy, Super Lucky's Tale, Disney's Sum Sum Festival. Oh, this one's long. Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel and the Millionaire's Con- Conspiracy. Oh, I couldn't do it without fudging it. Uh, and finally, New Super Lucky's Tale. On PC, we have Planet Zoo and Red Dead Redemption 2. Another big game. And finally, coming out on every other console and system, we have Just Dance 2020, Football Game, Garfield Kart, Furious Racing, Conception Plus Maidens of the Twelve Stars, Wizards of Branddale, Head Snatchers, Stay Cool Kobayashi Son A River City Ransom Story, Need for Speed Heat, Jumanji the Video Game, oof, and Sturmwind EX, and finally Valfaris. Now getting on to the news of the week. First, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch has sold over 15.7 million copies, according to Digital Trends. Nintendo revealed that the game has sold impressively well in its 
half-year financial report, which ended in September 30th, 2019. So as of September 30th, 2019, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 15.7 million copies sold. The sales numbers are newsworthy on their own, but the biggest surprise is that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has now officially become the best-selling fighting game of all time. The previous top spot holder was Street Fighter 2, which was released in 1991. That's not sold over. Yeah, that's a long-ass time ago. And had sold over 15.5 million copies. Um, but Super Smash Bros. Ultimate surpassed Street Fighter 2 by 200,000 sales and hasn't even been out for an entire year. That's insane. This has also pushed Super Smash Bros. up in the fighting game series rankings as a whole, and it has just now become the best-selling fighting game series altogether with 53 million sales. They beat out Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken, Dragon Ball, which all sat around the 45 to 47 million copies sold, so damn, Super Smash Bros. is doing really well. The Nintendo Switch is also doing really well, which is seeing success with 15 million consoles sold this year in North America, in North America which is a 20% increase compared to 2018. Now let's see if Nintendo can keep this money ball rolling into the new year. Oh, and they are, because in the next news article, it's related to Nintendo in some ways. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like how well the Switch does in general. Um, anyways, on to the next article. We have that Pokemon Go has been estimated to have earned over $3 billion since its release three years ago in 2016. This game has been downloaded over 541 million times, which roughly means that if they've made over $3 billion, then Niantic has made about $5.50 off of you. So that's that's a lot for just a, a single download. Out of each individual person, yeah. $5.50. Yeah. So just to give you a comparison, in its first year, it made $832 million, which is the most it's ever made um, in a year. But in 2019, it's so far made $774 million. So just to give you an idea, they've made $3 billion, and half of it has been made in its first year, which is usually like the most you ever make. And then it's like... Well, not half of it, not even a third of it. Uh, 832 and 774 is about one point. Oh yeah, those two combined. Yeah. yeah, you combine them together. So when it's just interesting to see that they're still doing really well and getting close numbers to what they did in the very beginning, because we can see like Pokemon Masters, which they had to come out with an apology saying that there isn't enough content for the game, and they made like 25 million the first week, and then it's like 27 million now of all time in like the past two or three months. So mm. it's really gone down how much they've made for that game. And so we were arguing, not I don't want to argue, I would say discussing about like who pays for this game because we've probably talked about before in other episodes um, about whales and how, how much they they pay for this game. And so we, we said if 1% of the people who have downloaded the game, so it's about 27 million, was that... Did we get yeah, that right? Yeah, 27.7 million, yeah. I believe, yeah. So about 27 million people, if they downloaded the game, they would pay about $28 a month to be able to get up to Niantic's um, profits that they have today. So that's not right. So no other player would have to spend a dime. Just those 27 million, the 1%, would just spend $28 a month and everyone, that's $3 billion in three years. Yeah, and so yeah, they can make their money off the whales and it makes perfect sense and it doesn't seem impossible. Well, continuing on with news about money, the NPD, a marketing research group focused on consumer trends, is reporting that the U.S. consumers 
have spent a little under $30 billion on video games, gaming products, and gaming services since the year began. So far, this is only a 1% increase in the growth of video game as of the video game industry economy since last year. Specifically, there's been a huge shift from purchasing game hardware like consoles or peripherals to mobile games, digital content, and subscription services. These three aspects of the industry have doubled in the last year, so that's the mobile games, digital content, and subscription services, and hardware has taken the brunt of the fall, dropping 23% compared to 2018. This is all despite the fact that the Switch is still selling strong, and the PS4 in our last news segment became the second most sold console in existence. So what this means is that either Sony is slowing down in their console sales, or the Xbox One is just tanking. But this is also to be expected as the new console generation is just around the corner and will no doubt bump the numbers of hardware sales back up. Um, it is the tail end of this old generation, I guess. It's been going on for a decade. Of course, the sales numbers are going to be pretty low. Yeah, let's see how 2020 is and then we can come back to how much people have spent on video games. Exactly. That's going to be a fucking nuts year. All right, so Brass Line Entertainment is a new studio that has been in the works since 2017, but now they are finally working on their first game, Corner Wolves. Although they are studios being created every day, this one is the one to keep an eye out for as it's been made up of developers who worked on Mass Effect 3, Skyrim, Fallout 3, and uh, I think Seabloom Dogs was Square Enix's game, right? Yes, okay. yes it was. Okay, something I would know. <laughs> Um, they also aim to focus on creating original fictional universes that center on black and brown characters, culture, and stories. Uh, so they're a very inclusive group of individuals, and we can't wait to hear more about Corner Wolves as more is released from Brass Line Entertainment. Uh, did we even mention exactly what the companies were? They're um, Bethesda. Quinn, name the rest of them. I always forget. So them. Bioware, Bethesda, Bethesda. Bethesda and square enix <laughs> fair enough yeah so it's and nice there actually were some some from others but they're they were small these games. are the big ones these are the big right. ones and then they even have they're working with a a writer who is working with a music production guy who's worked with like drake kendrick lamar a lot of big bigger so, minority names so this might be a good reason to keep an eye out for them because they seem to have a lot of uh a steam being pumped into them to be a good um studio to come out yeah anyways the washington post has officially revealed that ceos of large game companies and other insiders have been raking in the dough by selling their stocks in the wake of buyback announcements for considerably more than they would have just days before this isn't actually considered illegal by the securities and exchange commissions as insider selling is allowed during a buyback now if you don't know what's going on essentially what this means is that the CEO or other insiders, meaning board members or higher-ups in a company, let's say Activision, for <laughs> instance, um, they know that they're going to be making an announcement that they will be buying back stocks for a given price. So what happens is the market price of their stock races skywards after the announcement and then drops back to like a normal amount. So the the issue here is that powerful people at these companies are making some serious money by 
essentially waiting for their company to do a buyback or announce a buyback, which is, I'll explain more why I'm only saying announce. And then they sell millions of stocks worth millions of dollars. An example, a few years ago, Activision Blizzard announced that it was buying back $1 billion worth of stock. And by the end of that month, five top officials had sold shares equaling over $430 million. So five people, just five, uh, Activision (laughs) Blizzard sold shares and made half a billion dollars like instantly almost doing and there were nothing. more people that did this as well but they were only including these the top five so they almost they essentially did nothing they 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 said uh we're gonna buy back and then they sold it back and they made profit off of it essentially is that what right happened? so so this is where the other controversy comes in is that so what a buyback is is a company will purchase stocks back from uh shareholders people that own stocks right so they announced that buyback two years ago and to this day, not one share has been purchased back by Activision Blizzard. So the announcement raises the stock price. Insiders and the CEO sells uh. stock, and then they never actually go through with the announcement. <laughs> so this same scenario happened with none other than EA. So EA, not too long ago as well, um, had the situation where the CEO made... million after a buyback was announced, approximately 15% more than he would have a day before the announcement. So the stock increased 15% and then he sold X amount of stocks and made $2.1 million. In the investigation by the Washington Post, they found that there were 500 instances (laughs) of insiders selling stocks during a buyback program announcement at various companies during 2017 and 2018 50 of which 50 of which were CEOs. So, so this is general, right? They didn't it's not just video game companies when they say Right. So that those 500 instances are just companies. Um Damn. but in particular there are instances at Activision Blizzard and EA and the problem here is that so for Activision Blizzard for example because there was so much money um swayed in different directions right there was 430 million just between five people essentially what that's doing is it's getting the top people in activision blizzard out of the company and arguably their interests are no longer aligned with the company are and possibly more aligned with their pockets yeah that's what i was going to ask you is that so isn't kind of the thing like you get stocks because you can control the company in a sense if you get a certain percentage of how many uh, i mean however number of stocks you need to get that percentage like of the yeah company? Th- that's part of it right where you have like um like 10 cent with like oh they own five percent of the company so they have five percent of the stocks of activism right right they have a five percent sway in decision making but so the the main concern here is that well first off if this wasn't a buyback announcement, if it was any other type of announcement, it would be illegal and it would be insider trading where you are you are using your personal information by working at your company to manipulate your investments because so you know the So if the you announced that you were going to make um uh, I don't know, the new the next Blizzard game coming out like, oh, this game okay. is going to come out that day. So that your stock prices go up because you made that announcement. So you're not allowed to sell during that time? Well, it's controversial to sell during that time. 
It, so you can, it's, it's just it's just an asshole thing it, to do? Well, so the thing is, is that that isn't technically... Because a game announcement isn't necessarily going to boost your stock all that much just because you're a game company. You're supposed to announce games. Right. But when it comes to more business-oriented things like we're going to buy back stocks... Or we're going to increase our dividend, which means stockholders make more money. In a, when you're doing something that actively manipulates your stock in a given direction, and if you increase your dividend, you're going to increase the price of your stock because so people are going to want to make more money. Are you saying that this should be illegal and it's not? I'm, the only reason it's not is because there's you can't... They don't know what's going to happen, or at least this is my interpretation, is that they don't know what's going to happen when they make the, this announcement. When they say we're buying back stocks, you don't know if that's going to increase the stock or decrease the stock. But in every instance, at least 500 instances, it seems like 500 people knew that the stock was going to increase. Yeah, there's a trend when it's about 500 people, no matter what. I mean, how right. many Especially when it's 50 CEOs, when it's 50 out. CEOs that know the ins and outs of their business and parts of the, their business relating to the stock market, and this is becoming a common practice, it's obvious that they, they know what they're doing, right? They know that their stock's going to increase when they do a buyback announcement, and then they make millions of dollars. What fuck faces? But I get what they're doing, and I'm... I'm not for it because I don't. You just got to be rich. That's that's the thing. Get be rich, rich. Be one of these people. Make more money. Get rich. Get richer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move. Let's move on. To, I guess the last topic. Um, the last one is that China officials are cracking down on youth online gaming. So basically, anything that is online related for gaming is what this is cracking down on. There is no word yet on offline, but here are some of the things that they're doing. So they've implemented six measures. Six measures which were outlined in their guidelines aimed at preventing children from indulging on games. And I say that in quotes because that is what a, uh, an official said. One of them being no gaming between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. Another one being that they can only play a maximum of 90 minutes every day and three hours on national holidays. Microtransactions are also capped monthly between $28 and $57 a month, depending on their age. And China also requires that online games to, when you register an account for them, that you have to put your real name and phone number to help it be regulated. Regulated. And now you might be thinking like, holy shit, does the government really hate video games that much? N not necessarily, because President Xi Jinping, hopefully I'm saying his name right, he's, not also, he's also doing this with other areas um, that the Chinese uh, youths are having issues with. So one of the things that he's also uh, an activist on is lessening schoolwork and mobile phone use. Uh, and it was an effort to combat children's nearsightedness or myopic, as I don't know how to use that word in a sentence, but basically nearsightedness, that they have issues with, with that and they want to help prevent more issues for future children. Wow. <sighs> Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. I, w I actually want to talk about in the news. So let's take well. a let's take a quick break here, and then we'll get on to our discussion.
And we're back. Okay, so I think we're going to start off with our little little interesting tidbit here about U.S. gamers spending a bunch of money. Um, Quinn, Wait do you remember... Second. Before we talk about that, I really want to mention one thing, all right? So we, you just mentioned China makes curfews, right? They're making curfews and mm-hmm. they're making caps on how much people can spend time and money on games. Okay. Interesting. The cap is $28 a month. Remember? Mm-hmm. Now, when we go back to our calculations about how much $28 a month can actually do. It's a lot of money. Still. That That's a lot of money still. That means if a, if a small child, let's say 12, <laughs> spends $28 a month. For three years, they just spent $1,000 on a game. That's a lot of money. And it's highly likely that the Chinese population has 27 million people that are uh, youths under 18. Right, right. So they could... This, I think the cap is uh, arguably a little bit small, especially because it's solely on microtransactions. It's not on game purchases. Yeah. Which is a whole other thing. Okay, but let's go uh, back to consumers. U.S. Let's, consumers. Let's, I want to start with that. out the window. We're talking about USA. <laughs> um, so, if you remember our very first podcast, um, I we, try not to. <laughs> <laughs> our very first episode, we actually talked about um, how China's imports are going to be taxed, uh, specific, specifically on consoles and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, and so. This kind of is going to be interesting on in how it's going to affect how much money is going to be spent. Is it going to be less? Is it going to be more um, based on this import tax that they're going to put on China? I don't even know if it's even happened yet. Do you know if it has? I don't feel like it has. No, the tariffs haven't started. Yeah. I mean, there have been some tariffs, but specifically video game tariffs we haven't seen yet. Yeah. So if if those uh, tariffs on the video games uh, occur then how much is that going to change, um, I guess, how much money that U.S. gamers are spending on video games and, and well, here's consoles another and thing. et cetera? Here's another interesting thing is that this might not be super common knowledge, but uh, the majority of the world right now is in a little bit of a recession and the U.S. economy, especially the U.S. consumer economy, is what's keeping the world out of recession. Because so, we eat so much. <laughs> uh, it's because we, we still like to spend... It's, honestly, it's probably just millennials because there's no... Millennials have a tendency not to save as much money and like to eat out a lot more and like to go out and have experiences more and arguably social media is the behind this i guess but uh, ultimately what's going on is that the world is potentially faced with a recession especially if the u.s consumer feels less obligated to spend money or thinks things be- are becoming too expensive mm-hmm. so the way this relates is if we see these china tariffs kicking off and the next year or next two years, uh, we see the price of not just video games and consoles, but everything increase. We could be looking at a possible possible recession here. But bringing it back to just video games, 
how much are you willing to spend on a PS5, Chase? So when we talked about this, we, we, I said $500, right? Um, so I think if the PS5 can do everything and more than what I expect, because I don't know if they've said everything about what the PS5 is going to do, I'd be, be willing to spend 600. It hurts me to say that though, because I, I don't. Um, because I have a PC and I might as well just get a new graphics card at that point. Even though you have like one of the best graphics cards. I have cards. one of the best, but the problem is uh, with all these new things. How do you like get a ray monitor? Tracing, yeah, I need to do that as well. So I can do 4K shit. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things I need to buy. Ooh, I need to put that on my list, by the way. I have a list now of like my shopping stuff that I need to do for my future. And uh, I think that should be part of my list is getting a new monitor. Mm. Um, on my on the bottom of the list is to have a down payment for a house because I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. At <laughs> the soon. bottom of the list, See, millennial. <laughs> we got a millennial here. Yeah, one the top one is one of the top ones is like getting a switch. <laughs> See, consumer, we're the U.S. consumer still spending money, saving the entire world from poverty. Yeah. So. Uh, if these tariffs happen, if thing. these tariffs happen, then I don't know how I would feel about buying a PS5. Because the whole reason why I'm buying it is for my wife, so that she can play uh, her newer FIFA games or uh, games that she likes to play on PlayStation. Because she's that not willing like to play a bad PC idea. or anything like that. What? That seems like a bad idea. Why not? She can just play the PS4 version of FIFA. The problem is, like, my PS4 is starting to get really um slow shitty in terms mm-hmm. of like when like when she plays fifa i think it is 18 right now um it has issues where like it's loading up the game and it'll glitch out for a little bit because it's just it's just not as strong as it used to be um and like it's well, like you wait something, for ps5 comes out ps4 pro price dips bada bing you purchase that you get fifa 19 there you go yeah, but we're already on FIFA 20. You got two years of backlog to go through. <laughs> I think FIFA 2021 will be up by then, right? <laughs> and it will probably still be on PS4, so you're good to go. And like, I I didn't I didn't realize it was this bad though. But Claudia was playing FIFA 18, and there are no, there is no one in online. Um, online. So you have yeah. to play in the most recent the game one. to to get right. the to get the online, online capabilities experience. to actually work. No. So it. it Man, this you really have to spend in order to keep up with, um, uh, uh, I guess, online games and stuff like that. So it makes you actually wonder about Overwatch too. Like, if that comes out, is there going to be no one in existence on playing Overwatch anymore, or is it going to have a fan base? Like, oh um, well, we we kind of mentioned this off air, but um, this is we. I didn't think this necessarily newsworthy yet because it's Overwatch Two is still in development and all that junk, but. Jeff Kaplan, the game director of both games, basically said they're going to turn into one game eventually. Um, so arguably, Overwatch one point five. Arguably, you could you don't there isn't going to be a separation of the community because it's going to be the same game. <laughs> so I think that that's actually really smart to do if you're trying to transition from one to two. Just because, right. like, if you want to at least keep a lot of people playing the game, like, it feels like oh, a lot of people are playing a game. You have to have both online communities playing at the same time. Like, to me, 
because FIFA 18, 19, 20, all these games are so similar, wouldn't it have been a good idea to just make the online the same? The online is probably the same. They just cost you money to go to it. <laughs> but you have to pay 60 bucks in order to play on to the new online if you'd like to. Like, why not just say, if you play have FIFA 18, you can play with the people who pay, play with FIFA 19 and FIFA 20. You're talking about EA here, Chase. <laughs> EA, the scummiest ever. <laughs> You're talking about EA That's here. That's a good point. CEO buy, you know, <laughs> selling stocks 15% more than they were a day before. This guy, he is an ass and a half, all right? <laughs> he doesn't give a damn if you have to pay 60 bucks to play the newest version of FIFA, even though it's probably not even that much better, you know? I wonder if this is the same CEO who tried to write out in history um, the original CEO of EA. Um, because there was a there was a thing where like the original CEO of EA or the the, the founder... Like there was multiple people, but one of the founders right. decided to leave the company. It was in this book I was reading, and um, one the new CEO uh, on Wikipedia would write out uh, the original one to say that he was never part of the company. Oh right, right, right. What a fucking! I don't know if this is the same guy, but it it's just like EA fucking what fucking dicks. Those people that yeah. are there just breeds this nasty type of person. All right, let's let's make a projection here because i think we did we're getting off topic a little bit but it, it's in the it's in the realm hey man it's the bs section of the show we can do whatever the hell we want um do you think spending will increase overall for uh next year's um video game spending so will, there, will spending be increased for video games next year for 2020 because it's went up one percent this year so will it overall do you think increase next year honestly I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think spending will increase. I think because the newer consoles are coming out, I'm assuming 2020. Uh, late 2020, yeah, yes. like holidays 2020. And you're going to get a lot of sales going on, but it's so far in the end of the year that it's not going to make up for the beginning of the year. I feel like 2020 is going to be fairly slow. Mm-hmm. Um do you think, think the tariff is going to be implemented by 2020? I don't know. But that's another thing is that I think ultimately the, the addition of a tariff would make it go even slower, right? Like the, mm -hmm. I feel like gaming has been in a very good spot for quite a while, but I do feel like things are slowing down. I don't know about you, but I do feel like I'm not, there's definitely a lack of, quality stuff that i'm willing to spend money on not to say that there's a lack of quality stuff but there's just a lack of quality stuff that's going to you know cost me 60 dollars or that i want to spend 60 dollars on um i don't know and then you have all these free game games switching to free to play you have like destiny 2 becoming free to play uh you have things like i don't know i don't i, I don't know but i have a feeling just from what i've been seeing lately that things are probably going to decrease a little bit, especially because the hardware has been dipping, right? And it's going to dip even further until possibly the end of the year. And if there are tariffs, you're going to have a real hard time selling a PS5 for six, seven hundred dollars. You're going to have a really hard time buying an uh, Xbox Scarlet for five, six hundred dollars. So let's go through a couple of games. Uh, I'm going to pick ten of them um, to see if do you think this is 2020 is going to be a good year. 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, Watch Dogs Legion. Um, those are two games that are coming out. We got Rainbow Six Quarantine. We got The Last of Us Part Two coming out in 2020 as well. Uh, we got Cyberpunk 2077 coming out in 2020. We got Dying Light 2. Um, do any of these games that I'm reading off to you right now feel like I think the, that the biggest ones one? are Halo Infinite? Yeah, the biggest ones are Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I'll arguably... We'll see how it goes. Ghost of Tsushima. That will be interesting, but that's also a console exclusive, correct? Elden Ring is coming out in 2020 as well. Um, yes, All right. All right. I see what you're trying to do here, kid. I see it. All right. Yeah, there might be a lot of good games coming out. There might be. All right. There might be a lot of good games coming out. But there were a lot of games this year, and we only improved by 1%. And it wasn't because of console games. It was because of mobile games. Mobile games and microtransactions kept the gaming industry afloat this year. All right. <laughs> yeah that might be that might be true i mean it is uh, true I, in, in the report in the report let's go to it all right the last year from 2018 to 2019 the uh money spent in mobile gaming digital content and subscription services doubled right that is what's carrying, and we only increased by 1%, yet these three major parts of the industry doubled in size, yet we only bumped up 1%. That's insane. Okay, here, yeah, that's true. And then, as you, we've talked about, there is a 23% decrease in hardware um, right. stuff. So the next question but That's only is hardware, ask, right? So hardware only dropped 23%, which means, um, like, does that... Does that f- is the 23% drop in hardware larger than the doubling of mobile gaming, digital content, and subscription services? No. I don't know. No, it's probably not. But here's here's the next question then. Will we see a bigger rise in people playing streamed games? I think so. I You know what? <laughs> Unfortunately, how, much? how much is the question now of a percentage? I think you're going to start seeing a lot more. One of the stories we didn't cover today was uh, there's been speculation about Steam actually has been working on its own Stadia uh, for a long time. Oh, fuck. Everyone's doing it, it seems like. Right. I mean, you have Xbox Scarlet. PS5 is supposed to also have something similar. You have Google Stadia. Steam wants to get in on it. Uh, Maybe we'll see Epic. And even, I think arguably this is possibly, remember last week we talked about EA signing their subscription to steam and to valve right to distribute their subscription service it's quite possible that steam has already talked about two other companies hey we also have something comparable to stadia right like hey we're gonna be able to stream games anywhere just throw us your library on a subscription service we'll make it happen and you get a cut we have five or six major companies right now trying to get into the streaming industry of like this is how we're going to be playing games now so now it really comes down to how do the isps handle this right i think it's implementation is a big thing is implementation if it's adopted adoption and if i don't know like if we as consumers have the money to spend on it um one thing i was really considering honestly i looked up how to pair my ds4 controller to my iphone because i'm gonna be playing i'm gonna be playing games on my iphone in the plane and i was thinking about it i was like you know what 
this would be so convenient if I could just stream something to my phone and play with my controller. How amazing would that be to play Rocket League in a plane on my iPhone with a PS4 controller? That's insane. That'd be yeah, so cool. We're going to be living in a society where we're going to have to probably travel more because everything's global in some way or form, or at least maybe not us specifically, but we'll have to be elsewhere is what I'm trying to get at. And we may not have the capabilities of bringing either a gaming computer or something, for example. Right. I think what you're getting at is like mobility is becoming more and more important. Like we are on the go more than potentially we ever have been. Um, And honestly, it's, it's impossible to bring a console or a, huge gaming laptop or desktop with you. You really need to find these ways to stream things. And with the streaming, basically replacing cable altogether, like now you can Mm -hmm. watch anything from any device. Soon you'll be able to play anything from any device. Yeah. I think that I don't, I don't want it to be this way, but it's looking like it's going to be this way, you know? Yeah. So now, well, it wouldn't be an issue to be this way. If there was a way to have your internet service provider everywhere in terms of like, you can have, I don't know, 50 megabits per second, no matter where you are. Right. What Would that be an issue for you, Quinn, if you can have the best internet no matter where you are, just as a, as a Wi-Fi hotspot or, or something like that, no matter well, where I you are? Well, I think go? also, I'm going to be a little bit of a boomer here, but I think also it's, if you have, like, I'm not going to beat around the bush, right? I think video games are a little bit addictive. And I think I can get a little bit addicted to video games. So if I have access every single where I go, no matter the location, I think that's going to be a problem. (laughs) For for society as a whole, holy moly. If we were on our phones before, holy moly. Those those, uh, introverted kids that didn't really like social media, they're going to be using their phone now. They're going to be playing Fortnite. They're going to be playing Fortnite with a goddamn controller with the speakers on. Like, Jesus Christ, they're going to be playing anything, anything they want. Since you're talking about this, let's move on to our next topic because it's directly related to what you're talking about, in a sense. China is making curfews for, for youth youth gamers, right? Right. And so what do you think about them? So the, these were the three three big ones that, um, that came out. I think two of the three we haven't talked about yet is that there's going to be no gaming for people under 18 between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. And then the maximum you can play is 90 minutes and three hours on national holidays. So of these things, the, re- the whole point that Gigi Peng is doing this is because there's a fear that um, games are very addictive. Okay, and so they're trying to curb this, um, I guess, enthusiasm towards video games to to help uh, not just with nearsightedness, but addiction in itself. So do you think this is a this is maybe in preparation for this future that you just thought of where we can play video games anywhere and any game we want, wherever, however we want? I think it's a little bit of a preparation for the future, but I think it's also... It's the first stab at it. I, I think the numbers are off, right? I think the 90 minutes a day, I get it, but I feel like it's a little bit harsh. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a number you would have picked? They probably I mean, did a study, that, but what would you I think? There's a, yeah, there's like a, a recommended amount of screen time of like two hours a day. So, I mean, 90, 90 minutes is arguably generous when you include phones, etc. 
And this does um, not prevent them from watching movies or anything like that. It's not like you right. have to log in to, to do that. This is just 90 minutes I mean, eventually, of maybe, but for now, yeah. Um, this is specifically video games. And honestly, I, I would have maybe done like a two-hour allowance or something. Um, but I think this is a scary step in a direction where everything you do is monitored. By the government, not just, yes. Right, right. Not necessarily. I mean, it already is, right? We already know the NSA spies on you touching your wiener, Chase. We get it. They're probably listening uh, to me touching my wiener right now. Yeah, I, me too. Because <laughs> they can't, they can't see it. But um, anyways. <laughs> but it's, it's going to a place where uh, this goes into like a lot bigger and deeper things. You have like the automation right getting rid of a bunch of jobs so people don't have a meaning in life so then they turn to things like entertainment and then they get so addicted to entertainment that the government has to regulate entertainment like who knows man i don't know man there's so much going on as automation increases the only people that are going to be left for work are going to be computer scientists or people who are programmers and uh entertainment or arts arts entertainment stuff like that essentials yeah, that's people. scary that's scary and <laughs> all essential. the non-essentials will be wiped from the earth jeez yeah you don't you won't need a you don't need someone to do uh grocery stuff for like you know your your shopping cart or anything like that you just order from amazon or um some other party that does that for you the the shopping like safeway does it over where you're at they'll send a drone to go they'll to send a drone to do you. it yeah um, there are jobs like we've, I know you've talked about this. I don't know if on the podcast, but like there are jobs that people do the shopping for you. Right. And then you, they, cause for whatever reason, you don't have time or you don't want to do it, whatever. They're, so, they're convenient jobs. So, uh, or the, they're called the convenience economy. So you have things like Uber because you don't want to drive yourself. You have things like TaskRabbit because you don't want to clean your gutters. You have things like DoorDash because you don't want to go uh, go get food somewhere. Or you have, um, I forgot the other one. The A- Amazon has a Whole Foods one where you don't want to go do your grocery shopping. So they do it for you. You have things like eat, uh, HelloFresh because you don't want to go out and buy uh, ingredients to cook a meal. You want all the ingredients done for you. And it also like, shows you how to cook it as well. Right, so. right. So it's it's a lot of... The economy, there's been this new economy of I don't want to do it myself because the thought is um, time equals money and I don't want to spend my time or my money doing something. So I'll spend my money <laughs> like I'm I'm saving time, which is money, but I'm spending money to do it. So it's it's kind of like not time equals money. It's I'm just spending money to get me time. I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird concept. And it's like uh, I'm eating out because it's easier and more convenient, but actually you spend a lot more money eating out than you would cooking. Yeah, that's very true. Um, like you save a lot more money going grocery shopping instead of spending paying someone to go grocery shopping for you. But there's a point, I guess, um, and if it's comparative, it's like, oh, uh, you know how um, the old joke with Bill Gates where if he bent, if he drops a hundred dollar bill on the floor, it's it's worth less for him to pick up that hundred dollar bill than it is to 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 spend his second doing something else. Well, yeah. Think about this. Okay. Since Jesus Christ was born, all right. <laughs> hypothetically, you make two thousand dollars an hour. You work twenty four hours a day, and you do not take any days off. Okay. Yeah. 
at this point, with all that money you've accrued, there's still like 10 Americans richer than you. <laughs> How in the fuck? <laughs> $2,000 an hour? Holy shit. $2,000 an hour, 365 days times 2019. <laughs> and there's still people richer than you. How is that? What the hell? That is half? a little fucking nuts. I feel like, Quinn, you've gone into the quandary of how rich people are in the world and just well, how, okay. how this fucking side ridiculous side t- Complete tangent of a tangent. But yeah, I've just been very <laughs> concerned about my own financial well-being in the future. Because you're going to into Singapore. Stuff. And I've just been looking into stuff, and I'm like, God damn, man. Like, the, it is rigged. If you have money, you make way more money. It's just, that's how it is. Yeah, that's 100% true. If you, if you have money, you make money. I mean, if you're poor, you probably stay poor. If you have money, you make money. These goddamn EA assholes in Activision <laughs> Blizzard Fuck <'em>. have millions <laughs> of dollars, but they're not satisfied. They got to play the market. They got to announce things that aren't true so that they can make even more money. <sighs> All right. I think I think we've done enough bullshitting today, Quinn. I yeah, think we've, uh, we've we've bullshitted all the way into the cow's ass and back. <laughs> we are we are overheating here, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Thank you for uh, listening to our podcast. Um, this is BS Gamers, and if you want to get a hold of us, I recommend going on Twitter at BS Gamers Podcast, sending out a tweet, share your opinions about how much bullshit society and life is, because I feel like we for almost like 10, 15 minutes at least. We went on tangents <laughs> because Ranting like we're random. just pissed off about not having enough money in life. Where's and the it... video games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, share your opinions about that. But uh, guys, uh, you guys can do a bigger solid for us. And what is that, Quinn? If you would be so kind as to leave your humble five-star review on so whichever rich. <laughs> podcast platform you listen to us on, that would be splendid. But hey. If you're looking to drop a lower review, I just want to mention that you can always go to Twitter. Tell us your critiques. Tell us how you feel. Tell us your emotions. If you're going, you know, if you need therapy, we're there. All right. If you can't afford therapy, we're there. Just talk to us. Vent to us. And then, you know, drop that drop that five-star bomb on our review, please. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to us. We'll hopefully talk about something else another time soon. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon.